please rise to receive the absolution. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me, indeed if you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and being in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. The absolution. It's an interesting little thing that I get to do to stand up here and to tell you that I forgive you your sins. Of course, if you don't listen to anything else, that sounds rather, well, presumptuous of me. To say that I forgive you your sins. I mean, who am I to tell you that? Just as all of you have ashes on your forehead right now, I have these ashes on my fingers. And the ashes on my forehead. I'm a sinner just like every one of you. For me, it is the same as it is for you. To dust I will go, along with you, and along with, well, everybody else. But this absolution thing is interesting. You see, we call it forgiveness, but the word that is actually used most often in our liturgy is absolution, which comes from the root word absolute. And if you look up absolute in the dictionary, you will find out that absolute is an adjective, and that it means without limit. That it is a word that we use to designate wholeness, but the sort of wholeness that it takes to be without end. The sort of purity that it takes to be without end. And that is what I speak to you every Sunday and any time that I say that I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Absolution is, well, it's really an opportunity, it's really almost a command for you to check your pulse. So go ahead and do that. Check it. 
Feel that? Feel that beating? Feel your heart going? That means that you're alive, right? And and that's a good thing that you're alive. But just saying that you're alive doesn't really say much about, well, your future. Just saying that you're alive doesn't really tell me what you are going to do next when you leave from this place. Just saying that you're alive doesn't tell me what you are able to do when you leave and go from this place. It just tells me that you're alive. But being alive is good enough, isn't it? Because you're not dead. And that's where you deserve to be. That is what the Bible tells us. That is what God told to Adam. From dust you came, and to dust you will return. And that's what God tells us once again, reinforcing the point in the New Testament, saying that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that the wages of those sins, of falling short of God's glory, well, that those wages are death. And so, you're not dead. At least, yet. You're not dead. And I'm going to say something audacious here. You're not dead and you will never be dead either. You will go through this biological transformation that we regard as death. But the death that we should be destined to, the death that Paul is talking about as being the wages of sin, that death, that eternal non-existence, that eternal being in hell... Well, you're never going to experience that. At least if you continue on this current trajectory of believing in this three-in-one God. You see, you're without limit. You're alive. You just took your pulse. You realize that you're alive. And so being alive, that means that you can get up from wherever you are right now and you can walk out that door. And you can drive home and you can get some good, a good night's sleep tonight and you can get up in the morning and who knows what you'll be able to do. Who knows what you will actually be able to accomplish tomorrow. Or do you really believe that? Do you really believe that you can do anything? Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Philippians that, well, you're able to do anything through Christ who strengthens you, right? Or maybe you just say, well, that was just Paul. (laughs) And so we reserve that verse for our eye black and for little nice plaques on our walls. But if you really begin to believe that, if you really begin to believe that the absolution that you receive on a Sunday morning, an absolution that you receive on a night like tonight, that that frees you from sin, and then makes you absolute, 
It makes you without limit. It makes you able to do whatever is out there in God's will for you to do. You are without limit. Your body is without limit. Even when it goes back to being dust and ashes like this, it's still not going to be limited. It is going to raise again and live with God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit for all of eternity because God loved you so much that He died on a cross, rose from a tomb to make you rise again and to make you limitless. That is what's happening in absolution. And it's not me that's doing it. It is, in fact, Christ. The one who bought your limitlessness for you delivers that. Every time you hear that you are forgiven, every time you realize that you are forgiven, every time you confess your sins and bring them to God so that He might heal them, forgive them, and make you new, you become limitless. That is what forgiveness is all about. Becoming limitless. And starting a journey all over again that will show exactly how limitless you are because of how limitless God's love for you is.